Welcome to the Source Podcast, the week in review. Jordan McDonald, we're back again. We did have a couple of weeks off. Yeah, we did have a couple of weeks off, but uh, what are we, two weeks in now? Two weeks consecutively. Now. Well, we're back. Back to we're schedule. My name's Michael Crutcher. This is episode 112 of the Source Podcast mm. and 102 of the week in review. And there's a bit around. It's been a busy week in Queensland. Yeah, there's lots happening too, particularly up north there with that uh, with Jasper. Yeah, cyclones. Yeah, that's, that's been downgraded now this morning, hasn't it? Has been, yeah. That's it good has news. been downgraded. So Excellent. Life in the tropics and a change of premier oh, coming up. Oh, we'll yes. Talk about that. You wanted to start with a really interesting one this week because we've spoken about this a fair bit over our 100 plus episodes, but some interesting news on it this week. Yeah, there's a fascinating article in the uh, the Fin Review this week that is claiming that social media is dead <laughs> and uh, messaging is the way forward. It's the future. And the story follows news that Facebook's going to encrypt its messages on the Messenger app and it's going to be default. Uh, and it means that the company won't be able to read your private messages yep. even if it wants to. And if you weren't aware, they can do that at the moment. Yeah. Um, so the update will also include some temporary messages. So similar to Snapchat where you send a message and it expires after yep. a certain amount of time. And the media quality will improve. So when you put your photos and videos in there, they want to enhance that. So enhance yep. the overall experience. Now I found this story pretty interesting because for a long time I've been seeing this trend occur and, and there's been a definite shift in the behaviour on social media in that way. Yep. People have just become less interested in sharing their personal thoughts or you know, photos or videos of their personal lives on Facebook. Yep. And they're instead opting for that privacy of you know private messaging or a select friends list. Yeah. So people are also increasingly concerned about the safety of their personal information online and it's often difficult to spot any friends' posts on Facebook anyway yep. because the feeds are just full of Facebook content that it's recommending to you. That's right. Particularly video content. That's very true. So Messenger is the new frontier and Facebook is finally seeing it which is why they've taken those steps to encrypt the messages. But really this is quite overdue, I reckon. The WhatsApp, which is another meta-owned app, it's a messaging app predominantly if you aren't familiar with it. It's got over 10 million Australian users. So many WhatsApp groups around, yeah. Yeah, there are a few. Um, But those messages have been encrypted since 2014. Yeah. So we're a bit behind on Facebook. A long way behind. Maybe they're holding out hope that it might have a little uh, resurgence of interest, maybe like the 2010 days for Facebook, but I reckon it's extremely unlikely. Mm. Mm. Um, But there's some issues that could arise here. So Facebook loves nothing more than to monetize its users. We know that and we've covered that extensively. Absolutely. Um, And a major factor of why people are turning to messaging is to get away from the endless stream of ads that are pushed into the newsfeed. Mm. But now that Facebook's made it known that it's focusing on Messenger, people are starting to get a bit worried that they're just going to clog it up yep. with ads. And I have no doubt they'll work out some way to monetize it. They did it with WhatsApp already. So they've got what's called WhatsApp Business. Yeah, It charges a small fee, monthly fee, for businesses who want to use it and communicate with their customers. And they've done a pretty good job there because there's 200 million monthly active users mm. there. So time will tell, but we do know for sure that Facebook as a platform it continues to fade into what seems to be irrelevance. It's certainly not 2010 anymore for poor old Mark. Yeah, that's 
It's so true though. It's just sort of been coming along, hasn't it? I mean, I'm on so many different WhatsApp groups um, or text message groups. Text message – group chats in general. Yeah. They're just prolific. I, I actually can't stand too many group chats. No, yeah. I'm in too many. That's probably my issue. Yeah, I'm in multiple group chats, mm. but they're just easy to do it that way, aren't it they? It is easy. Since something comes – I mean, I know at our at our footy club at the Norse Devils, there's, lots, there's different groups. There's a player – whatsapp group and there's coaching staff whatsapp group they're mm. very easy to set up obviously and mm. just to communicate essential things through there i suspect they're quite um, well moderated and very consistent some of my group chats get you know, uh, frenzy sort of moments where it's high vol- high volume well, high messages it. some start just out ping, as ping, ping. instructional type things mm. and then they just develop their own life yeah. as well you know because people see it as that way to engage socially so yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's strange that Facebook took that length of time, but there's also some other data out this week and it's out from the Pew Research Group in the US who have got a lot of credibility and that's really interesting data as well. Yeah, it is. And I'll just run through that quickly because it is very interesting. Um, but it tells us how teenagers are using social media and have used it this year and how they'll likely use it into the new yep. year. Um, but topping the list for the most used social media platform is YouTube. Ninety-three percent of teenagers claim they use it, YouTube every day. Who are the other seven percent? I don't know. They don't I use don't YouTube. Know. I don't know how you don't. But anyway, wow, that's a big number. That ninety-three percent. That's a massive, and it's definitely the majority. If you go yep. down the list, you've got sixty-three percent use TikTok, sixty percent use Snapchat, only fifty-nine percent on Instagram. Yeah, so that was a bit surprising. I expected that number to be a bit higher. Bad news for Facebook, only 33% of teenagers. Yep. I would have guessed about that. Yeah, it's not good. 21% use WhatsApp, 20% use Twitter. That's higher than I thought it would be. Same here, yep. Yeah. Um, 14% use Reddit and I hope it stays that way. It's my favourite <laughs> platform. Stay away. Uh, 13% use Be Real. It's been a bit of a flash in the pan, be real. Yeah. I want to know if Threads was listed, though. That's another flash in the pan. Yeah. I don't know if it was listed or not, but maybe didn't get enough votes. Um, there was another interesting section to that data, and it was the um, time spent on social media, specifically those who uh, claim they are online almost constantly. That yep. number's doubled since 2014. At that time, it was 24%. Now it's 46%. Mm. Pretty big. Yeah, that is. There's uh, some interesting figures there, but yeah, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, Insta. Yeah, is the twenty the teens hangout. So it's all the very visual heavy. Yeah, that's true. Mm. That's true. Yeah. Um, now this week we mentioned it before. Big week in Queensland. There's a cyclone, but also there is a new premier. Which we don't have often here in Queensland. No, we haven't. Nine years <laughs> since the last time. Yes. But uh, Queensland politics has been spinning a bit in recent days. Anastasia Palaszczuk announced last Sunday very abruptly in the sense that people didn't see it coming on that particular day. She announced she's finishing up today, Friday, Stephen Miles, her deputy, emerged successful from the shortest leadership speculation ever. Yeah, it was very quick. His, his uh, colleague Shannon Fentiman made her pitch to be Premier. A few hours later, that was pushed to the <laughs> side of the curb by Labor bosses. Yep. So that means that Stephen Miles now has about 10 months to convince Queensland voters he's the best person to lead the government 
after the 2024 election due in October, last Saturday in October next year. Now, there's mm-hmm. a problem that Stephen Miles must address and we've discussed this amongst ourselves before yeah. and I'll just say it, he's just not a very good media performer. I agree. I agree with you. So I – and now this just goes back to what we talk about here a lot is your desired personality. So most people in Queensland, most voters haven't met Stephen Miles. Okay, no, they haven't I've met never him. met him. Right, so but you've formed an opinion of him from what you've seen in interviews and in social media, yeah, any interaction. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's what we do. So we pick out personality traits that we either like or we dislike through what we see in this engagement. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I didn't tell this because I'd only seen Stephen Miles in interviews and in September I had dinner with him. I was uh, at, uh, at dinner and I had dinner with him in September and I could say he was very good company. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. Very good company and very different from what I expected. Uh, okay. Okay, so this is what, yeah, we come, is what we come back to in the sense of when I say different from what I expected, I didn't expect him to be a bad person. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know what the conversation would be like. Mm. The conversation was very good. He was, uh, he was engaging. Okay. Now, this is where we come back to this personality, okay, because I saw that part of him that I hadn't seen when I had previously tried to make my mind up on what sort of person he is. Now, my observations of this, and these are my observations before I actually met him, were that there are two elements to performing well in a press conference or an interview, okay? Let's talk about a press conference. One is you have to know how you will answer the questions, Mm -hmm. okay? You have a bit of an idea of what sort of questions are coming. You sort of have to know how to answer them. But the second part is, and especially for politicians, you have to know how to command a press conference, okay? You have to know how to command a press conference and even a one-on-one interview as well, okay? Because it's a different skill set to answering the question. This is setting the tone for the press conference. It's moving the journalists around. It's really trying to be in control of it. Now, someone who did this really poorly was Malcolm Turnbull. Okay. okay. Malcolm Turnbull was poor at this. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether that's because Malcolm Turnbull just thought he was the smartest person in the room and therefore struggled with, um, you know, challenges from people. I don't know. But when Malcolm Turnbull was under pressure at press conferences, he would move his arms around involuntarily. It's almost like his reaction. He would uh, jump up on his tippy toes a bit. You could see him going up and down his tippy toes. He was uncomfortable and okay. unhappy, okay? Yep. These are the non-verbal things that give away how you're feeling, okay? Yep. Malcolm Turnbull was not good at it. Mm-hmm. Stephen Miles is not good at it but in a different way. So Stephen Miles, will, I once heard – him asked the same question three times about his leadership ambitions. Okay, he was asked the same question three times. He answered that question the same way three straight times. Now, by the time you're getting that question a third time, you probably should be saying, really, guys, we're going to have the same question again here? Yeah. If you're going to keep asking me that question, I'm going to keep answering it the same way. So you think you're done with that topic now? Yeah. You know, just a bit of command of a press conference. Right, okay, okay? that makes sense. Because if you don't command the press conferences, the journos know this and they will lead you around by the nose and that's not where you want to be as, no, a, as a politician. No. So that to me is what he has to get better at. But he has had plenty of practice. He is not a rookie politician. No, God, no. So he needs to work very, very hard on this to work at how he's going to get better at it because it needs to be practice. 
It needs to be, I guess, just a skill set that he's got to put in place. Because in contrast, David Crisofuli, who's the opposition leader, is very polished. So David Crisofuli is pretty good at press conferences. He can see stuff coming. He can command those presses pretty well. Yep. So they're just my thoughts on something from this week because we talk a lot about how you engage with audiences and for politicians or business leaders or whatever, how you engage in press conferences is really important. Jordan, your thoughts on this one? It's interesting you mentioned Malcolm Turnbull and, and looking uncomfortable behind the microphone because I see the same. I think he looks incredibly uncomfortable behind the microphone, even more than me. Um, and you look, you're right, he's had plenty of practice, you know, particularly through COVID there, and that's recent. Yeah, um, that's true. A big part of his role, though, is trying to be persuasive, and I feel yes. like he struggles to do that sometimes. And we do talk about that a little bit. So, the, well, you go back to that, and we talk about yeah. that. And we, we obviously, Aristotle's the, uh, yes. the the boss here, but ethos, pathos, logos. That's he it. has to really set that ethos up, and that 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 ethos, that credibility. Exactly. Why am I listening to him? He needs work there. Absolutely. You're right. He does have a lot of time ahead of him now and maybe it's enough time to get that right. It was 10 months before that election. So hopefully he, he can get some more practice in, in before that uh, election comes around and he can avoid little stutter mistakes like the um, the very infamous C-bomb slip Labor Day two years ago when referring to Scott Morrison, who was Prime Minister at the time. He so. was, that's right. He, he, he said it was a stumble and yeah, it wasn't, he said it was it a, wasn't a swear it. word. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. It was uh, it was a YouTube clip. Um, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. It's let's keep an eye on how it goes. Yeah. You're looking comfortable behind the microphone now. Oh, I don't know about that. It may be on the surface. <laughs> Underneath, it's just panic. Well, it's uh, coming out well. See, no. desired personality traits. Desired. Now, Netflix and Google. The year in review, because it is December. There's been a bit of stuff about this. Yes. Yeah, so Netflix has actually published. Uh, the first of its kind of this report. It's called What We Watched and it's a sneak peek into the streaming habits of uh, uh, January to June in the in the calendar year. So it's part of the company's goal of being a bit more transparent, yep. which it has faced criticism of, uh, for in the past several years. And uh, so these reports will be released every six months okay. moving forward. So we'll have... So June, only took till December to get this out. I know. I'm wondering when we're going to get the next one here because... <laughs> That's quick. We're, we're a while, we're not too far off. But um, I wanted to have a look at some of the results because I thought yep. they were quite interesting. So in, in the first half of 2023, people collectively spent a mind-boggling 100 billion hours glued to Netflix. Wow. I can't imagine a number like that. It's a lot. It's an enormous number. The top show was The Night Agents, and I've seen The Night Agent. Haven't seen it, but I'll take your word it, for it. It's okay? Yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Okay. It's a Netflix original, which I'm sure they're very happy about. Yep. And it raked in a whopping 812 million viewing hours. Okay. They're pretty substantial. For movies, Jennifer Lopez's action thriller The Mother stole the spotlight. 250 million uh, viewing hours. Have you seen The Mother? I've not seen that one. I no. have watched that trailer three times and all three times I just couldn't get uh, – couldn't pull the trigger Can't on. Can't move on. Yeah, nah, it's fair it just not really doing it for me. Yep. Some of the other hits included Wednesday, which was uh, very popular this year. I did watch that as well. Yeah, I've seen a bit of that. 507 million hours and Queen Charlotte, which is a Bridgerton story, 503 million hours. I've not watched that one. 
No, I, that seems like something Ainsley might watch. Yes, yeah, so I think she has watched that. Yes. Yeah, I have to so ask I think her about that. Um, I think that's probably a given. Mm. Um, even uh, this is an interesting one. The 2011 legal dramedy, and I've never heard of dramedy. Dramedy, yeah, comedy drama. Um, Suits. Mm. It made a comeback, and we mentioned that the other week that some of these shows yes. that are old ones are getting rerun, and it's part of yep. that struggle from the the strikes. It had 129 million hours mm. uh, during this period. Um, some of the other highlights was uh, were that thirty percent of all the viewing was for non English speaking content. Okay, so it's really interesting that it shows some of that diversity. It's a big uh, market is getting, there. Is, uh, getting yeah. spotlight, but um, the one that I think Netflix will be most happy about is more than sixty percent of its shows released ended up in the weekly top ten lists. Okay. Yeah, I suppose they could just put him in there anyway if they wanted to. It's Netflix's stuff, <laughs> Netflix's platform. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> but true. look, I'm sure they're happy about it. They're, that people are interested in their in their uh, content. Now, the Google Year in Search report, which is interesting because we like to do the weekend review search report from time to time, but this is Google's release of what we were searching for in 2023. Uh, what are the global trends? Some of the global trends were, well, in, in news, the, the most searched uh, trend was Israel and Gaza, the conflict yep. going on there, closely followed by that Titanic submarine. Oh, of course. Yes, I'd forgotten about that. Of course. It's, quick, it's amazing yeah. how quickly we move on yep. to things. Um, Matthew Perry, the most searched passing of the year. We've talked about celebrity deaths and the influence yeah, it has big. in media. They're big. It was followed by Tina Turner, Sinead O'Connor, Ken Block and Jerry Springer. In movies, no surprises, the big two, Barbie and Oppenheimer, took the top of the list, respectively. Yep, no shock, yeah. Uh, in music, I was surprised. Shakira tops the list. Oh, because wasn't there something happening there? Oh, I don't know. She had a couple yeah. of big songs this year, one in particular. An honourable men- an honorable mention, though, should go to Smash Mouth. They came in fourth. Yes, because there was a death there. Okay. These are death-related or controversy-related, I think. Okay. Yes. Um, For me, though, it was interesting that Taylor Swift isn't in the top ten at all. Oh, wow. Yeah, not at all. Maybe because they're not searching for her. Now, um, Shakira did reach a deal on a fraud trial. Oh, did she? Yeah, so there was a bit of Shakira... Okay. Uh, on the fraud there that would have kept it going. Allegation she failed to pay about 14 million euros in income tax. Wow. An allegation. So Substantial that, amount of money. They too. will chase you for that amount. I bet they will. Um, sports teams was topped by Inter Miami and then the LA Lakers took second spot. Yep. TV shows, always interesting. The Last of Us was number one. I've watched that and I cannot wait for the next season. Okay. Uh, Wednesday was second, followed by Ginny and Georgia. I've watched both of those. Okay. Apparently I've watched a lot this year. Should I've, we be watching uh, Ginny and Georgia? I'm not sure it's your your thing. It's not exactly my thing either, but okay. it's a Shannon thing, which means it's a bit of my thing. I'll take your word for that. That's yep. good. Hum to search was a category hum I wasn't expecting. Have you tried that yet? No. You can hum into Google. So if you've, you've heard a song, you can't remember the name of it, you oh. can hum it in and it'll find it really? for you. It's brilliant. Um, but I wanted to just mention the Imagine Dragons featured twice in the top five. I didn't know you could hum to search. Can't you just use... Uh, Shazam. Shazam, yeah. Yeah, no, well, if you don't uh, have the song playing in the background at the time, you remember the the uh, melody, wow. go for it. Okay. Now, what about in Australia? Because these are the ones we tend to focus on from week to week. Absolutely. So topping out the news 
uh, trends, Optus's outage. Yeah, if you could get was, online. Yeah. <laughs> was the biggest search trend. Um, Israel-Gaza conflict was second there. The referendum was third, the, so the voice, results yeah. of the referendum. Yep. Uh, Andrew Tate followed in fourth and the yep. Melbourne earthquake in yep. fifth there. The, uh, they had a category called the most search Aussies and the top two were Matildas. Mm. Sam Kerr, Mary Fowler. Yep. Ellie Carpenter, Carpenter snuck in at the ninth spot, which gave the Matildas three of the top yeah, ten. Okay. Um, Matthew Perry, again, topped the lists of deaths. Cal Wilson featured yeah. in the fifth spot. That's very sad, yes. In Australia, though, Oppenheimer beats Barbie yeah, for the top okay. spot in, uh, for movies. In sports, trends was dominated by cricket. Yep. So the Cricket World Cup was number one and the Ashes number two. And in the third spot was the Women's World Cup. So not all too surprising. Busy year. Yeah, not surprising. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to see what we're looking at. Now, we wanted to also mention retail media because a few episodes ago we discussed retail media or mm-hmm. shoppers media, whatever you want to call it. Just to remind you, retail media is the trade term referring to retailers using their databases and assets to send targeted advertising to consumers mm-hmm. based on their shopping preferences. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's like direct contact with consumers, you know, uh, websites for the companies, you know, searching for groceries, all these things. Basically, uh, trying to get access to an audience who are about to make purchases. Okay? That's exactly it, yep. Now, that's always, of course, been the traditional thing that TV ads and radio ads and print newspaper ads have always done. But yes, no. we raise it again this week because the Financial Review wrote about this week some analysis from Morgan Stanley that the nation's largest media groups are set for losses at the hands of retail media. So Morgan Stanley described retail media as not well understood, but you can bet the bosses of media companies understand it very well. <laughs> Morgan Stanley predicted that the advertising spend by these retailers to TV advertising will fall by more than $450 million by 2027. We're talking Australia. These are Australian figures. That's a big drop. Radio will lose $147 million in ads in the same time and print and outdoor advertising about $56 million in Australia. Okay. And that's not cash they can really afford to lose. So instead of spending money on those established advertising methods, retailers – will advertise through their own data direct to consumers. It's an ongoing shift that just takes a bit more of the rug from underneath the feet of traditional media outlets. Mm. So the old media outlets are attempting to fight back by linking with retail media in partnership mode. But I'm interested to see how that goes because traditional media are trying to rally against the trends of the last 15 years during which they haven't done so well in adapting yeah, yeah. or – or jumping on the back of new trends that are being done better by someone else. So does retail media really need traditional media? Well, that's what traditional media has to hope now. But we just keep bringing that up because that is – I agree with Morgan Stanley. It is a trend that is not well understood, but it's a trend happening quickly. And we're all part of it because it's all of our data as consumers that the retailers are now going, we got your data and we will market to you directly. Yeah. So it's all part of – of that, so we, yeah, it's not the last episode of the year, but it's been one of those really emerging trends this year. Yeah, it has. It fascinates me too because I must admit I didn't properly understand it all too well either until we started covering it in the podcast a bit. And um, 
you know, you can sense a bit of desperation from these big media outlets who are really relying on that money coming in from those uh, those retailers. But, you know, we looked at Chemist Warehouse the other week yep. and uh, the biggest media or whatever it was that you don't know about. Um, yeah, if these retailers can do it themselves, you know, yep. yeah, that's a problem. Well, Dan Murphy's is telling me right now that they've got some great rum offers on. Oh, do they? Mm. See, Dan's is one of the few that I actually listen to. Yeah, so they I haven't done that through uh, TV or radio mm. or through That's it. print. They've just hit me directly. Straight up. So Domino's is the same. Shan gets texts oh, yes, every Domino's. other day and she yep. is a shocker for it. Yep, Domino's. Yep, yep. That's, uh, that's frequent too around our place. <laughs> so now how's the weekend looking? We won't have cyclones down this way. No, fortunately not. Uh, weekend for me is very empty. It's probably doing the last of the Christmas shopping. Oh, yes. Um, and maybe looking at a new Christmas tree, which but I uh, tossed. Yeah, you had an incident with a Christmas tree. I did have an incident with a Christmas tree. Well, not really you. Quarter, quarter to four, wake up in the morning, cat had climbed and obviously tipped the tree over, snapping one of the legs, went to pick it up. Yeah, the leg snapped. So I am just – I'm cranky in the morning as it is. So I've just picked this tree up and – Slung it at the wall and Incredible closed the door. Style. So that's going somewhere else. Oh yeah, yeah, big heavy tree, of course. This is loud too. When cats bring trees down at four in the morning, yeah, it woke me up. Yeah, yeah it's woke bound me up. To. I could have killed the bloody cat, but I didn't. <laughs> but well, uh, yeah, it well, is what it is. While you do the last of your Christmas shopping, I'll do the first of mine. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah, late game. Good. Have a good weekend. You too.